Hey yo, I'm Katie. And it's your co-host Corey, and this is the Press Next Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Press Next Podcast. Mm, week after week, we back, baby. And this time, we got something special for y'all. I told y'all this time was going to be real special. It's going to be special, right, Katie? It is. It is. I'm very much looking forward to this episode and all of the conversation that will come from it. And even conversations that are had from people that just listen. Listen, the reason why it's so special, one, obviously, because I'm on it and I'm special. But... <laughs> We have not one, but two guests today who are going to be joining us and talking to us, but I'm not going to introduce them. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So, guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Okay. Yes, uh, I'll pitch it off to my wife. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Um, my name's Shauna Utton, and I am a uh, mother of three. I uh, and married for 21 years this month. Uh, Ooh, my congratulations. Husband. Thank you. Thank you. And then um, I am also a homeschool teacher by day and a bartender by night. So <laughs> I get to. She's a superwoman over here. <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> she, do what you got to do. <laughs> she is a magical woman for sure. My name is Chris Utton. Uh, I've been married to my wife, like she said, 21 glorious years. We've uh, made each other. Uh, better, uh, not worse. So that's that's good. Uh, I'll agree. Yeah. <laughs> Goals. Uh, Goals. I I am a, uh, a director of youth ministry for Granbury First United Methodist Church. Mm, amen. Um. So that job is brand new to me. I am a week and a day into it. Wow! Congrats. <laughs> um, thank you very much. It's a, it's it's a little bit of a dream job for me, but. Uh, I've just started this and, and look forward to whatever that future may bring. I'm a self-taught musician. Um, that's another passion of mine. Um, and I guess the biggest thing that, that we've both been a part <laughs> of is our three children, you know, that for sure, for sure have have impacted our lives, you know, from a standpoint of, you know, you impart wisdom, but you also gain a lot of That's wisdom <laughs> yourself through, you know, through the, the training and the guiding. <laughs> right. Like they teach you just as much as you're trying to teach them. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And I how ask old? my parents that. <laughs> so, so our uh, oldest do- is uh, our daughter. She is 18. Oh. Uh, our son, ter- our um, second born is uh 17 as of today is his birthday. Oh, oh happy yeah. birthday. Shout out, Jonah. Happy birthday. <laughs> and then uh, our youngest is Ben. He's nine years old. Mm. Okay. Very cool. Those well, I feel like ages. y'all kind of uh, made it for two kids, at least, through the teenage <laughs> years. So far, we've still we've making it. Yeah. <laughs> still making it. I usually have a beard, and it's it's gray. it's white. I've got I mean, I've got quite she's a few grays. Too kind myself. to say it's gray. There's a, it's white. So yes, oh. we've earned all of these years for sure. My goodness. Okay. <laughs> so I just want to kick it off with a question real quick because I have a yes. theory, and I want y'all to tell me if my theory is right or if you have a different theory. 
So I believe as a teenage girl that my worst year was 15. Would you agree or disagree? Uh, 15. And by, you know, and by worst, I just mean like I, I wasn't a bad kid by any means, but I just had a mouth and an attitude. <laughs> I had such an attitude. I think that uh, I think that each kid is different mm. and each kid hits their peak um, independence streak <laughs> at different ages mm. is what I would say. Yeah, but what 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 would you say is your would you say that was a bad year for you? For me, growing up, yeah. um, no. That's I, the way that I understand the question. No, I think they were saying for our kids. Well, both, or, both. both. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if, yeah, I would say fifth. I mean, that was a it was a very confusing uh, year for me because I remember being fifteen, a freshman. Um, my friend friend groups changed. Yeah, uh, because of sure. I was I was maturing uh, quicker than my other friends at the time, and so luckily I found another friend that that we kind of just hung together. So I think he hit so. the nail on the head too. What what's going on in your life as a as a teen at that point? Yeah. It really impacts mm-hmm. how how you behave. Yeah, and so. The dynamic changes, we moved when I was in junior high and high school, so those years were more tumultuous for me growing up, Um, and and because of the stress of of change, but then also coming into your own and relating to your parents, it all all boils out into the people you're closest to, and that's... You know, that's your, it should be at least, your safe zone, right? Right. Uh, The place where you can spout off and lose it or... Um, yeah. hit your pressure point and uh, some they're still gonna love you right mm. and and when you when you actually have the freedom to be able to do that then and know that you can survive it and someone's there for you in the end is when I think you get to grow through it maybe even better and faster than than people who don't have the kids who don't have that support mm. yeah Mm-mm-mm. no I think that's great that's a good. It's a good way of putting it because I feel like even sometimes, and y'all have been married 21 years, so you probably understand this, that sometimes like you take out your frustrations on the person closest to you. So even though you love your spouse more than anything, you take out your frustrations on them sometimes because... And you know how to press their buttons. Right. (laughs) Believe me, you press them. Right. Yeah. I think, and, and and you have to balance that. We've, you know, we've always... You know, express to our children and, and and expressing to our own selves that, you know, being better is important, you know. And so that daily, you know, sometimes it's a challenge because you, the communications, you're at different points uh, mm-hmm. in that day cycle right. of, of, I mean, and that's what's weird is sometimes you, you go through normal patterns and then all of a sudden those normal patterns become change not not good and not healthy mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so we've learned to sometimes break cycles you know and right. you know do what it takes uh emotionally uh physically sometimes to to make the the best wisest choice the next the next uh you know the next right <laughs> right choice right 
No, that's awesome. One at a time. I love that. Okay, <laughs> so we started off pretty, uh, pretty deep in it already, and I'm super excited <laughs> for the rest of the episode. So if you're like, wow, they're already talking about families and all this wisdom we're dropping on you, we are talking about the movie Lady Bird today. So. This is a movie that I just saw when we were trying to decide what to do next. And Mm -hmm. it was a movie, the, uh, the synopsis kind of grabbed my attention because it, it was, I think it said something about a mother trying to, uh, navigate the relationship with her teenage daughter who's coming into her independence. And Corey, you can read about that, um, here in just a second, but I'm, really looking forward to the conversation, like I said, that comes from this. And the reason it kind of stuck with me is because I want to hear from a parent's perspective all of the things that you see as a parent, right? Because I just turned 26 and I feel like, uh, 26, that might sound like it's a long time from a teenager. But to me, I feel like I was just a teenager yesterday, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and we don't have children yet. And so we aren't parents and I am nowhere near having teenagers. So it's kind of in that in between where I'm old enough to see it from my parents' perspective. And Mm -hmm. I can understand now why they said the things they said and did the things they did, but it wasn't so long ago that I forget how I felt as a child in that situation. So I think that this is going to be a really cool perspective because from, you know, not being that long ago and then hearing from parents. So I'm really looking forward to it. And Corey, take it away. I mean, yeah, I think you did a good job of just summing it up. The movie itself is about a teenage girl, essentially, um, who doesn't even go by what her parents named her, right? She goes by Lady Bird. Right. Um, And it is everything that you would imagine a teenage girl is going through. By the way, if you have not watched this movie and you don't want the spoilers, just pause the show right now. Go watch it on Netflix (laughs) and then come back and and watch it. So if you have Netflix, it's already on there. It's great. Um, If if you don't care and you want the spoilers, you can listen. Mm -hmm. Um, So Lady Bird is in Sacramento with her family. And this is, to me at least, kind of the all-American family where you say like your blue-collar workers, right? Like... It's a family that works hard, uh, Mm -hmm. but very still kind of eclectic. Like the mom is very, um, to me, the mom and Ladybird are the same person. Um, It's just one's a little bit uh, older. Dad is really cool, like laid back dad. Um, You would never know that he's like battling depression and stuff like that, but he seems like he's a cool dad. And then Ladybird has a brother who is, um, he's a little odd, right? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) He's kind of the, they're both standouts in the family, but um, mm-hmm. he's a little odd. Anyway, Lady Bird is in high school, and she, so she's kind of going through her entire high school, just just rage of things going on, mm-hmm. and really, she's trying to get away. Her, this entire movie, she's like, I want to go to college in New York. This is also set in 2002, so it is right after 9-11, so uh, there's like verbiage about like terrorists and other stuff, so it kind of makes yeah. sense why her parents are like very scared for her to be in New York specifically, yes, uh, but she yeah. really yeah. wants to go. Now, the movie itself was so good that it was nominated for five Academy Awards. It didn't win in any of them, uh, but I do think that it deserved the nominations that it got, so if I you have too. not watched this film, yes. go watch it without me giving up too much of what happens into it. I think good film, and it's not really about what I think because what I'm about to ask y'all is this right here. 
based off of what you saw, <laughs> what do you rank the, the, the film 1 to 10, 1 being absolute garbage, 10 being cinema mastery? <laughs> what do you think? Okay, you get to go first this time. <laughs> you know, I, I, I really... It's not mediocre, mm-hmm. and it's not in the middle. You know, it's and it and it's better. It's better than average. You know, mm-hmm. I I I would give it a strong eight. You know, it's like because, and that's mainly because of the writing. You know, yes. the cinematography. You know yes. how it's shot. I mean, I think and the acting. I mean, that young lady. I don't know her name. You know, that plays the main character. Just right. I mean, the honesty that I. Being a parent, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. and seeing glimpses of my wife and my daughter—not, not like, not—I will say this: not in every respect, but there's glimpses right. of that that challenge, right? right? From a young person to an older person. Lori right? Metcalf did a fantastic job as yes. the mother. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, the the moments you can see, even in silence what she's going through as a mother. There's one scene particularly, sorry to skip ahead to, no, go ahead. Let's talk about it. There's this one scene where they're trying on the prom dresses. Oh my gosh. That one stuck with me too. Okay. So, so she, you know, she's like, it's so pink. And the daughter's like, can't you just say it looks nice? And she goes and slams herself into that dressing room. And, and you can see the mom, uh, physically trying to decide like, should I say more? Should I apologize? Should I not? Should what do I do? And she just she has this heavy sigh that says, "Okay, I can't any I can't right now." Kind of mm-hmm. thing because you learn over time. There's a time to push and there's a time not to push. Right. And so she does it so well. Like you don't even she, there no words had to be said in that moment. The way Lori Metcalf played that part, and I felt every bit of what she she was feeling and thinking in her head. Yeah, yes. very good. Excellent nonverbals. I mean, yeah. body yeah. language, right? I mean, and being able to speak like that with your face, too. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, you gave it a strong eight. Yep. Shauna, what's yep. the number? I Actually, eight was exactly where I was going to go, too, because I, I won't say that it's one that I just want to pop on and watch again and again, yep. right. or that I would stop every time it's on the TV and, you know, watch it the rest of the way through. But I would definitely... You know, watch it again when I'm in that mood for something that just kind of challenges me and reminds me of relationship and um, and pulls you back into just just real living, real right. life. What yeah. what? Because sometimes we need that reminder. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not all fairy tale, hunky dory. You know, everything turns out with um, you know, even though the end isn't a bad ending or anything. It, it, it's not a fairy tale ending either. Right. Right. So, you know, it's, it's just a real movie mm-hmm. to the core. That's so. why I was going to say, I'll add to that. I would recommend that, you know, any youth or young family, or young parents to, you know, watch this film, you know, because it's got, it's got that reconciliation, um, that we all look for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it gives a reconciliation in a real way. That mm-hmm. I felt, you know, as a as a young adult in those shoes, you know, really wanting to get the heck out of Meridian, Texas. Um, <laughs> I don't you blame know, you. <laughs> you know, and desiring t- strongly, you know, to go as far as possible 
but that only took me to San Marcos, Texas, you know, <laughs> but still far enough away right. to where I started, you know, you know, it really was well, critical. Well, and the first time I watched it was a, a couple years ago, I think, whenever it was first released on Netflix or whatever, and uh, it's very different now, watching mm-hmm. it when I just now have an 18-year-old daughter. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... And watching as she's going through this very time in her life of, of, I want to get out. I want to be independent. I want to make my own choices. I want to do this, but there's still so much growing up she has to do. Mm -hmm. And that's not a bad thing. It's just part of life. You know, it's those growing pains that we all have experienced. Right. Um, I agree with all of that. That's really good. I also give it an eight. I think it was a really, really good movie. Um, I really enjoyed it, and it will be a movie that I watch again. Yeah. Um, there's some movies that I watch, and I'm like, eh, that was all right. I, <laughs> I like that I saw it, but I will never choose it again. But like you said, I will choose this movie again if I'm in the mood for something like that. And um, it's funny that you brought up the the prom dress scene because that scene <laughs> stuck with me too, because I remember going prom dress shopping with my stepmom because my stepmom is really the one who played a mother role for me. Like she was, I lived with her and my mm-hmm. dad. And so, um, she was the one that I did all the prom dress shopping with and things like that. And she doesn't have children of her own. And so my brother and I are her children and she comes from a military cool. background, grew up in a military family. So she is very like not, I don't want to say not nurturing because over the time, like as she's gotten older, she's gotten more nurturing, yeah, she's but softer. She, yes, she's gotten yes. soft in her old age, yeah. but <laughs> she, in a good way, right? In a good way, we, in a very we good love way. You, DM. It's like, we love like you. hard edges on a, on a table, right? You, exactly. You need to sand those out. Cause man, you don't want to hit that with your elbow. I mean. Exactly. That's a, that's a good metaphor. Yeah. Um, she, so she was very blunt and, it was never meant to be rude or degrading or anything like that, but it was just very blunt and I wasn't used to that. And so I remember one time going prom dress shopping and I'm six feet. I've always been like a bigger girl, just not like fat, but you know, just like bigger. And especially in high school when you are with everyone who hasn't, or is just now going through puberty or whatever. People are all different shapes and sizes, but I was always the tallest friend, um, had the biggest feet, <laughs> you know, broad shoulders. It's just who I am. And yeah. in high school, that's really hard because you're comparing yourself to everyone around you. And prom dress shopping was just awful and dresses didn't fit or they looked weird or they just were tight in the wrong places. And I just remember going prom dress shopping and every dress I tried on, it felt like I was being nitpicked. And I remember being so frustrated. And in that scene, like Ladybird being like, can't you just, can't you just like it? I felt that way. But now that I'm an adult looking back and I see people wearing things and I'm like, oh, somebody should have told you that that did not look good. <laughs> yes. That's true, right? So, so I'm very thankful for that. Right. There's a fine line where, where your criticality becomes a knife edge, you know? Right. And it can cut too deep. And, oh, it's so and hard. I, I mean, I'll be honest, as a father, 
I, I've 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 learned to dull that blade, you know, <laughs> right. because because it doesn't it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't uh, increase growth. It doesn't. Right. You know, you should be pruned. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. that's that's a calculated. You know that right. you're not just chopping away. Right, you're not just yeah. like slinging the machete around. Right, you know? it's like, oh, I cut my nose off. Oh, wow. You know? so. And then also, teenage girls, you have to tiptoe around their feelings, like you're yeah. we're, about we're to choice. step on a landmine. You know, yeah. Word choice and tone are everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. everything. So I find myself, and and usually when we get my daughter and I get in arguments, yeah. it's over tone, it's tone. Yeah. because. Because you don't even realize how you come across until, oh, crap, what did I do? Just, oh, right, that was right. not the reaction I thought I was, you know. Yeah, it goes I, both ways, yeah. you know. Oh, right. both ways. Exactly. I, I'll take right. it personally, yeah, too. We, I'm not going to lie. We try yeah. to have a, an, an environment of accountability. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, we're each accountable for our emotional state, you yes. know, and who we are. So I don't, I can't reach Sean's mind. I can't reach Shiloh's or Jonah's or Ben's. So there's got to be an exchange of, hey, you know, this. Now, some things, of course, right? Um, there's, but there's also that, that cultivation of an environment where, where you can grow into who you're meant to be or what. Right. But know. it's all about communication. You know, right. when we're, we're, we've told them we're the first to say we're sorry if, if, mm-hmm. if we're the ones that mm. need to be apologizing. Right. You know? and, and that's so, important. So, a lot of parents don't do you know, that. Not right. just, I'm sorry. You know, yeah, a lot of parents, and and definitely in generations before us, it it was not a thing yeah. that that parents didn't have to apologize. That mm-hmm. period. You know, I'm but the parent. We, yeah, right. Yeah. But but we've we've approached it as we're teaching them emotional intelligence, and if we can't be emotionally and intelligent in all the ways that we deal with them in our relationship with them, how are they ever going to learn how to have good relationships with others? Right. Um, Cause that's all we're really doing as parents is preparing them to be good adults. Adults. You know? Right. Yeah. And partners I mean, and parents yes. of their, yes. themselves. Mother, yes. Teammates, mothers, fathers, you know, children's uh, teachers. Pa- yeah. Partners, all that you know, teachers mm-hmm. and learners, you know, mm-hmm. all right. in the same, you know, Friends, leaders, politicians, right? (laughs) Yeah, please, please, (laughs) future politician parents, yes, please. It's it's just so hard to find. Right, (laughs) the tide will turn. I think. I I believe so too. And I'll tell you this. uh, Sorry, this is going to go off, but uh, I I really have hope for this next generation. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, You know, not just our children because of what we've put into them, but I do see other children in this day and age of, of, you know, social media and stuff. Yes, there's a lot of dangers and there's a lot of uh, perversion and corruption, but there's also an awareness that mm-hmm. we didn't have at that age. Mm-hmm. I know um, maybe maybe you guys, you're a little younger, you know, had a little more of that, but um, they're more aware of what's going on in the world around them and yeah. the bigger world perspective right. than we were. Uh, you know, and they're like, more te- savvy with TikTok and social media. You know, they see they see a lot news more headlines. You know, we used to have to pick up an actual paper and take the right. time, and that was usually right. you know on dad's uh, you know side table, and you didn't really touch it. Type of. Th- exactly. I mean, at least right. that's how I look at it. You know, yeah. it, or you're it, seeing it a day after it happened rather than instant. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's, they're just more aware. And because of that, I feel like they want to be more involved in the mm-hmm. solutions and the, and, and finding not all, don't get me wrong. Not yeah, all yeah. of them. There's, you know, it's still about their world, but I feel like, um, I feel like they see a bigger world picture 
at a younger age than we did. And I, that gives me a lot of hope for the future. Yeah, that's mm. awesome. I, mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think that I, I'm excited to see what the next generation does. Yeah. I hope Corey, they take care of us. What do you yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'll be needing taken care of way sooner than you. <laughs> Corey. <laughs> Corey, what do you what do you rate the movie? Since you um, are our cinematography guy. Uh, our guru. resident film buff. Um I would say I think an eight is a good score. I might give it a personally I'll probably give it a seven Ooh. because some of the here's the reason why. <laughs> I, no, seven is not bad. I think seven yeah. it was no, a great. It was no, a good film. I, I it was really, a really yeah. good film. I think some of the editing, as far as the cuts and stuff, it makes sense because you. It was just so jarring. It's very A twenty four like, and I know the A twenty four distributed the film, so I'm sure they had some sort of hand in um, the the edits. And I get it from a um, creative standpoint. Like you're really trying to show the jarringness of her life and like her brain, and you're trying to give like a lot of time. In, in an hour and 30 minutes, right? So mm-hmm. you, you got, yeah. in order for you to really build that character, because the one thing they didn't do in the film, which I actually think is kind of cool, but I would have loved it more. They chose a different route of character building for the outside characters, right? So for the main characters, they really stuck to like, you know, the deep dialogue in those uh, back and forth moments. But for the outside mm-hmm. characters, they just did like these, we're going to do like a super cut of what it would be like to be in this friendship for three months. And you see them right. in church. You see them doing this. And then you see them randomly just in like a, a practicing for a play. And then you see them outside. So it's like you can get a picture of how their relationship grew, but they didn't mm-hmm. have to spend time on it. Right. Uh, but yeah. for some of those relationships, I wanted them to spend a little bit more time. That's the only reason I'm getting them a seven. Because it really <laughs> was not like, it was a good film. Like I, yeah. through and through, right, the writing like was that- incredible. That Julie relationship could have gone deeper, or right, you know, right. The, right. right, and and it would have been yeah, very true. full. But like, what, but it, we also didn't need to sit there for four hours watching. Right, exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you're gonna make these concessions, and yeah. you gotta make these concessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I get why they did it, and that's the only reason I, I really gave them a seven. And and I think that maybe even um, further down, I think that I'm gonna give this a second watch sometime. Yeah. I don't know if it's burning in my my heart to do now, but I know that it's not like a one and done. Because yeah. I think it was really, it was really a really great film, and I really mm-hmm. love the dynamic of the 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 dad, how he was a not only a father, but the, the way he was a husband to his wife. Oh, like, right. I loved it. Right, I like yes. literally it was like the yin and yang. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he was like yeah. cool yeah, hand true. Luke, even they though definitely- he had a lot of stuff going on. Right, and that's like ah. what stuck out to me. Was yes. from my dad. My dad. So I'm one of eleven. Um, our listeners know, but you wow, might not. Very know. cool. Um, That's cool. And my dad was like always, always, always working. And not that he would like work multiple jobs, but he was always putting in work, you know, extra hours and stuff like that. And he worked all the way out in Dallas. We lived in Arlington. So anybody know, you get yep. off at five and you hit seventy five. You're not getting yep. home till seven. Okay, yep. I know. so I know. Uh, yeah. a regular twenty five minute <laughs> drive is like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by the time he got home, you know, you're in school, seven is around the time you start to do all your like wind down stuff. Cause you're pretty much yeah. going to bed by like nine, nine thirty, And so he would get home and he would eat and he would chill. But when you get older, you start to think like, man, I never saw my dad stressed out though. Now in hindsight, like I know he was stressed out. So the scene where she was like, does dad have like depression? And the uh-huh. mom is trying to explain that 
having money and having other stuff doesn't and having success doesn't mean you're going to be happy or not have depression. And she Absolutely. couldn't fathom that. It was like that was to me a super powerful scene. I was like, yeah. I got to clip this scene because it's it was very, hard for me to fathom with my dad. You know, go ahead. No, I I agree with you there because you know Corey. I think the core of that is that there there there's wisdom that you gain over time. Right. You know, I mean, and and you hindsight's twenty twenty. So you're always going to be able to look back, and I, I mean, I know we've looked back and see, oh, we understand better why this or that, you know, right. happened and how we responded, you know, because like you said, I, the stress like uh, that I know now that what my parents were under or doing actively, you know, but I do believe that 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 we're a lot. We share a lot more in front of the kids. We don't. We're more transparent. Yeah, I think we're right. more kids. clear and open. I love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, our, our our parents definitely yeah, did not. Were, were not very, that way. They didn't. I mean, I'm not saying we fight in front of our kids like on right. purpose or anything right. like that. But we also don't hide fights from them. Right. Like, but we also don't hide resolution from them either. Right. You know, and that's important. Yeah, it's yes. so important. But you know, growing up, I never really saw my parents fight. I never really saw resolution. Um, and you never talked about money stress. And right. so you didn't really know money stress was there. Yeah. You didn't, you know, those things were not discussed. They weren't, uh, there were a lot of things not discussed, but those were definitely things that just weren't out in the open. Whereas, right. you know, we tried to be delicate about not putting pressure too much, too young of real world pressures on them so that they don't feel the weight of that but they still need to know they're there they still need to know it's real and they still need to know that there's there's struggle and there's conflict but that there's also resolution and there's rising above and there's you know conquering those things and and see the full gamut of it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that's super important i think Corey and i were raised differently in that way whereas like my family was very open about A lot of things, but especially money. Yeah, my family's open about everything. Everything's on the table, (laughs) whether it's in my uh, immediate family or my cousin. I know why she's grounded. (laughs) My family's just very open (laughs) because we roast you at the family gathering. So everybody knows why you're in trouble. (laughs) But um, My parents were very open about money especially because they wanted me and my brother to understand they're telling us no for a reason, right? We're not just telling you no because we want to be jerks about it or because we don't want you to be spoiled or whatever. You know, we're telling you no because we cannot afford it. We cannot do that. And Mm -hmm. I think that that really, for me, and sometimes my stepmom is like, maybe we shared too much with you, but I don't think that... It was good. Yeah, I don't think it was a bad thing because I think I understood at an early age the concept of, I don't want to say struggle, but making ends meet, right? Well, and the value in in that. The value, right. right. Of of where those ends meet. Well, exactly. So we've come up with a system here where we have a spreadsheet for the family. (laughs) where So we have a wants column, a needs column, and then look. There's some other column. I can't remember. Anyway, but um, it's so that they can communicate with us stuff that they want, stuff that they need. 
um, so I can prioritize it for the budget, mm-hmm. you know, right. because and, and so they know that what they're wanting and what they're needing are important, mm-hmm. even if we can't get them right that minute. Right. You know, that they're never lost or or forgotten, because a lot of times you feel like, oh, I said it three months ago and I still don't have this or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really, really want this. Why can't they understand? Why, why don't they see that? It mm-hmm. This lets them know that, no, it, it's not that it's that. Some things come first, and we right. communicate that, and then then we prioritize. We go down the line, and then we get to it as soon as we possibly can. Right? <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of thing. Well, that, because that they're important. That gives us accountability to them. Yes, too, absolutely. Know, vice versa. So, yeah, right. There's it's like worked, the other well, side of that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No. Oh no, I mean that's just something that we have done. Now and it's for, not a perfect system, but it. Yeah. You right. Know, that's but that's something we learned. There is no handbook right 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 you know, i'm like, hey, glad you said you that. should do this use mm-hmm. google sheets for this <laughs> well there's uh there's definitely some books out there but i tell people all the time it's like ain't no, there ain't no perfect guy book to be in right. the parent. i'm not even a parent but the other side of it's, it's interesting to see how katie was brought up and how that um reflects in her personality and the things that she uh, cares for us in her morals and her values on the other side of that coin there was like me who my it was tight-lipped in our house, right? Now, mm-hmm. it wasn't like we never got nothing, right, as far as information. Right. right. But what it was was that, or at least what I learned from it was, one, my parents never led me astray, ever. Mm-hmm. Even though sometimes I felt like they were, <laughs> they were just like, listen, what you need to get out of this more so is, if I tell you, there's a couple things that's going to happen. You're going to insert yourself into the stress, mm-hmm. or you're going to look outside for pity and we want you to still have some pride in who you are right right? and that you can go hustle and get some stuff so part of the thing that i think that i gained from my parents like not being uh very open when it came to certain stressors was that when i went to go ask my parents for something and they say something like um don't worry i got you or we can't get that right now but trust me why i'm like you don't need to ask why i've never led you astray for me it led me to learn how to trust a leader Right. Mm-hmm. So where I don't have to where I can say, all right, you got it. You say you got it. I trust that you got it and I'm going to leave yeah. it alone. And I don't have to meddle in like, oh, is there something that I how can do? How it's going to happen. How can I? Yeah. Right, how it's going to happen. Right. It's just going to get yeah. done. And then I think for me, the, the what it serviced me better is as I got older, they began to open up. Right. Right. I think if they never did, it would have been an issue. But sure. as we got right. as we got older and they began to open up, it's like, oh, I get it. Like. Well, it's the best way. You never know, but (laughs) age appropriateness too. Yeah, because like, what can you understand if I did tell you? Would you be able to comprehend it? And part of that is why the teen years are so tough too, Mm -hmm. because you are starting to give them more knowledge and understanding about the tougher things of the world. Right, you're starting to open up their mindset to see some of that more heavy stuff that that is out there that they're going to have to be dealing with it's not that you haven't been preparing them the whole time because you if you're doing it right you start from the beginning right but but that knowledge is revealed slowly over yeah. time like Within you said context yes with, with their age appropriateness and maturity yes and all mm-hmm. those factors that that as a parent or to be And there are different parent. personalities too. Yes. Because it right. makes a You're huge observing. difference. I have one that's like a, you know, a very, inter- <clears throat> he internalizes everything and 
peel <laughs> stew and it, you know then it comes out uh, yeah <laughs> Corey, Corey feels me here that is me. Um, and then and then I have another one who's gonna talk about all the worries and everything and, and, and everything and that's, that's okay yeah. <laughs> so and and neither way is wrong that's me it's just right. that we have to understand that in go, in approaching yeah. each one and yeah. what how and what level we Which let them the good thing is like we're a combination of, of those of both, both of those mm-hmm. so we we relate to both, and and so as as we found out, you know, we'll say, you know, hey, let, I think you should give this a shot, or you oh, know, yeah. I think you coming from you, it's going to sound better, and we'll mm. we'll play that, and not not to play it as a manipulation tool, but just right. because our, you know, because that speaks from their personality. Right, you might be the right messenger, me. you know? So like yes. in Ladybird, when mom yes. shuts the door and she says, you want your dad to come in here and have to tell you that he lost his job? You want that, you know, like, there's, right. she had to be harsh with Ladybird right then to open her eyes to to that moment because she was so lost on herself. Mm-hmm. She couldn't have heard, if she had heard it from her dad, it wouldn't have been the same mm-hmm. effect. And sometimes they need a harsh jolt to reality as opposed to, I mean, sometimes we just got to speak harsh truth as opposed to cushion it and sugarcoat it and stuff like that. There's a time and a place for both approaches. Right. But Yeah, and I think it's all about audience. I mean, right. knowing that moment, I mean, and, yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's a, it's a knife edge sometimes, you know, and you have to try to walk to... I try to sand, I sand corners. That's what I, try to do. I really like that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> you can't. Go ahead. Feel free. So no, I'm going to assume that with our ratings, um, you both believe that the movie depicted raising teenagers correctly. I do think it had a very realistic uh, portrayal of raising teenagers. I don't know about correctly because I would say that the mother had some mental issues that she was she had obviously not addressed mm-hmm. um, uh, because I'm a I graduated from Charlton State University with Shout a out communication. Yeah, yes. no state. <laughs> mighty mighty TSU. Um, I, I have a degree in communications with a focus on public relations and journalism. That being said. You know, learning some of those techniques, and and some of this has been through therapy myself, you know, how to properly um, motivate but mm. or inspire without, uh, without completely uh, shutting a child down. You know, I mean, that... So I think that's why it's so real. Why yeah. it's such a real depiction, though, Chris, is yeah. because I don't doubt that. Is, no, I'm not saying it's not real. <laughs> correct. I, he like know. it ain't correct, though. <laughs> I, I just, I, no, I just I mean, look at my own communication with my right. kids, and over time, right. I've learned it's like you know what I should have not said that that way. Right, you know? and we've learned. So yeah. our approach is different than True. what you saw in the movie, which is True. what what hurt my heart watching it. Right, is because. That's not how we approach our children. Mm-hmm. But right. it's a very realistic uh, mm-hmm. um, depiction, I think, of most homes, right? right. Mom's yeah. got baggage. Dad's got baggage. Kids got, yeah. you know, are, right. are going through this time they're learning. And, you know, I, I love that they revealed the mom's past in that short 
quick line in the mm-hmm. room where she goes, you know, where the where Lady Bird says, um, "Did you ever just not put your clothes away and not this and that and the other?" And and she goes, "And your mom not." get on to you or something like that. And she's like, my mom was an abusive alcoholic and walks out the door mm-hmm. because you got this glimpse into all that must bring about the way she approaches her daughter. Right. Oh, she's, exactly. she is such a good mom in my mind. Like that woman did a fantastic job in so many ways. It's mm-hmm. not the way I do things by right. any means, right. but she did a fantastic job because from where she came from, mm-hmm. To the way she treated her own daughter were had to be night and day, and you see what she had to have overcome to get to that point. It still rears its ugly head all the time in their relationship, but for the most part of that movie, and for the most part of what you're seeing in building that relationship, Lady Bird knows she's loved. She says it to the yeah. first boyfriend you know yeah. she says she says it a, a couple different times to different mm-hmm. people that my mom loves me she's yeah. just you know and she even says it to her mom i know you love me but do you like me do you like you me? know oh, that was a ooh, that was such a powerful um yes. <laughs> moment because there's a like there's a difference because i i see where you're coming from but even from a psychological standpoint the parts of I think her own mother, not Lady Bird's mother, but the mom's mom, mm-hmm. uh, an abusive alcoholic. I think she, some of that she's reverting back onto her child. Meaning, right? There's a, a couple of times where, at least me, and I hope I never do this, but I I do this with Katie and everybody else. I'm like, I'm very um, decisive with w- what words I'm using and how. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily what words I'm using. But how I'm going to deliver this words and why I'm going to deliver these words. Mm-hmm. Am I delivering them to make you a better person or whatever? Or am I just trying to cut you down? And there right. was plenty of times where I felt like in the movie, she was just trying to cut her daughter down. Not like because you need the so, hard truth. And just, I, thought, I saw those as self-defense mechanisms. Uh, right, 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 right. Her, right. Exactly. Because like when Lady Bird was ugly to her in the living room and says, um, you know, I'll write you a check. You know, I'll write oh, you a check for yeah. her. I'll never had to talk to you and, again. Yeah. And she and she uh, rares back at her and says, um, "You're never going to have a job good enough to to make that kind of money, mm-hmm. right?" It, it's because a lot of times kids forget their mom. They're not just their moms. Their parents are humans too. They mm-hmm. have feelings. They they hurt. That it cuts deep. The stuff that they say to us hurts too. Right. And. So many mm. times we as parents are just expected to be the bigger person and not go there. But believe me, I've gone there sometimes. I've said right. I've said something ugly because it, and it's not a proud moment for me. I'm not bragging. Believe me, but but I've snapped back at at my kids be, with something not healthy <laughs> because right. I was literally hurt by whatever mm-hmm. they did or said. Yeah, and so we're human too. And I know? think. I think that's a good point that you bring up. And I think that what we see in the mom is that a lot of what she knew she had to unlearn. Right. Yes. So like you were saying, she, it was night and day from what we assume she grew up with to how she uh, parented her daughter. But I think it's interesting because you have to unlearn everything. And just like with addiction and, you're, you're never really cured from addiction. You have to fight that off every day. 
and you have to work at that every day, I think the same goes for your immediate responses, right? So your immediate response to hurt is to snap back because hurt people hurt people. So you want to hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. Um, And so I think that sometimes her immediate response just comes through. But I think it's really cool because just from the 30 minutes that we've been talking, you both are really y'all have a high level of emotional intelligence. And I feel like that is something that we're seeing. I feel like as generations pass, more people are opening up about emotions and how we should talk to each other. And like you were saying earlier, um, generations before where I'm the parent, you're the kid stay in a child's place. I can talk to you however I want because you're mine because you're my child, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that as generations progress, we are constantly unlearning that. Yes. Mm. So, so I think it was really cool to see, but another thing that I wanted to point out and then I'll let you go, Chris, sorry. Um, No, you're fine. She says, I just want to say, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's it's a high compliment. Thank you. Um, You see that she obviously, is angry with her mom and says, how much do I have to pay you? That way I never have to talk to you again. Those are hurtful, hurtful words. But then you see that she isn't done with her mom. She knows that her mom loves her. And I think that this part really shows you the relationship between a teenager and a mother. There have been hurtful things said back and forth, but then you have that scene in the bathroom where she says, when is a good time to have sex? You know? And that to me shows me that she still confides in her mom and has enough respect to her mom for her mom to go to her for advice. So she's been saying all of this stuff about her mom and how she doesn't have this great relationship and all of this stuff. But clearly that isn't deep down. That's not how she feels, you know, because she still goes to her for advice and especially that kind of advice, I think that teenagers shy away from with their parents, um, at least in my uh, experience. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that was another scene that really stuck with me. I was just like, wow. Hmm. Real quick, to go back to your original question, Corey, about like, is it a true depiction of, of mm-hmm. teenage you know, parenting? I really think that it does hit the core of teens are very Mm self-focused. You you keep seeing Lady Bird, you know, very self-focused. And as a parent, we have to delicately, though we don't always do it delicately, pull them out of that Mm self-focus. And um, so I really do see that depicted in this film uh, in a very realistic way that you keep seeing her like, not being so surprised at her dad being depressed, right? That's because she wasn't focused on dad. Dad's mm-hmm. good for, you know, filling out the uh, form and, you know, uh, not um, complaining when he, she, she wants to drop him to drop her off, you know, a mile from the school or whatever and all that stuff. Even though that and, hurts him. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And Katie, to your point, I, I, I agree. Like, like for instance, like when she, calls her mom to come pick her up and then just starts crying in the car, you know, Mm -hmm. realizing that, you know, she missed 
took a situation completely and realized that, that she was just a pawn. Mm-hmm. You know, but the, but when she but she called her mom first, right? And her right. mom's like her mom immediately, right? All the ugliness is faded away. It's like, oh, it's okay, baby. You know, it's like I mean, she mm-hmm. correct emotional response in that respect. You know, where she let down her guard and then completely just embraces her daughter, like you know. Oh yeah, none know. of it. It all goes away, and that's so real. That's yeah, that so is. real because. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you're fighting about. I don't care how ugly she's or he or whoever the kid's been. They're hurting. They need you. Your mama. Right. You're there. You, you know, you, you're going to, you're going to drop everything. You're going to, you know, take that time. I mean, at least that's, that's my heart. as a, Right. As a the good mothers. <laughs> I try. She, well, I know it's not true across the Is board. Mama Shauna. <laughs> There Always has been since I was in my twenties. So. Yeah, so <laughs> and on the shifts, and she's been working in the service industry for many years, and uh, uh, just fan- fantabulous at it, you know. <laughs> so she, they call her Mama Shauna for a reason. Your caretaker, yeah, yeah. You're, definitely. Your mom to more than just three. <laughs> yeah, oh, to the world. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we love world mamas, man. We love. But you know, moms. I. I love, too, that we get to see the juxtaposition of um, the girlfriend, the brother's mm-hmm. girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yes. And because even though we never see the the full dynamic, like you said, we don't go into that deep of a story with some of those ancillary characters. She, she, she gives us that mirror picture, right, or that foil. She says, your mom is so good. She's so mm-hmm. kind. My yeah her mom pretty much threw out of the house just for having sex. Right. Right. Whereas lady bird has the, the freedom to actually ask her mom, when's a good time to have sex? Like Mm -hmm. you just, you know, so night and day. And, and that's what a lot of times, um, we have to, or, I mean, we've made it clear to our kids. Not every kid has it like you have it too. You know, not every kid feels that. And we don't say it to like, be like you're so lucky. We say mm-hmm. it because we want them to have perspective on the people around them, the right. kids around them, right? Right. That that sometimes those kids are not sharing with their parents because they aren't able to share with their parents mm-hmm. what you share with us. Mm-hmm. Those kids, you know, don't have a support system or either financially or emotionally or all these things that you have with us. So you have to give them some grace. Right. You have to, you know, you have to support them in different ways than you get supported from them maybe even. Mm, no, that's mm, good. Mm. That's good. And I think that that really shows the level of mute. Even though you see the back and forth, I think that her and her mom have a mutual respect for each other and the comfortability to just be able to talk about those things. Yes. Yeah, Corey, so do you have anything to add? That's tough. It's tough conversations mm-hmm. for sure. Do I have anything to add? I got. A, I feel like I got a lot of things to add, but one of the questions that I'm going to ask is, I think oftentimes there are, um, especially when you're going through your teenage phase, right? You're trying to build like this different style of trust because you're gaining your independence, right? So mm-hmm. there's like a level of trust when I'm a kid where I'm like dependent on my parents, but now I'm gaining some independence. I'm coming into myself. So there's this this bond that I'm trying to build, but is, that's foundationally built in trust. So my question is, how do you reconnect when that bond is like broken? Because that happens sometimes too often. Um, <laughs> but 
at least from my friend circle and in, in, in my life, we somehow found ourselves back, you know, back to square one. But I never knew what the parenting sauce was, right? Because I wasn't mm-hmm. a parent. So <laughs> if I, yeah, I would say um, it's like that, right? It's a relationship. It's like any other relationship, like a marriage, like a friendship. It's a relationship just with someone who hasn't fully developed yet. And, and you're, so you're teaching them how to relationship and, and trust, keeping tr- trust, breaking trust, regaining trust is all part of building that relationship. And communication is, I think, how we've always um, approached building trust back. Or, and, and from such a young age, we always taught them that truth and honesty and being able to trust each other is the most important thing in our relationship. So mm. our nine-year-old knows that if he lies to us, he breaks trust mm-hmm. and that it takes a while to gain that trust back. But we do that through communication saying, okay, now we know we've, we've watched you. You've, you've been honest these other times. So now we can trust you more, you know, kind of thing. But it really takes a lot of conversations and, and I get it. It's draining. It's exhausting. It is it, any relationship worth having really worth having is worth putting that energy into and mm-hmm. putting that communication into. And I think that's the only way you, you rebuild trust and, uh, and repair broken, uh, broken trust. Yeah. It's, it's something that you, it's it, the saying is correct. It's cliche, but it's correct. You know, it, it takes, a second to break trust, you know, but a lifetime to build it. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Facts. And, and and those things, it's human nature to save face, which means to tell white lies, right? Right. You know, and and so when you know that that's your nature, um, and you learn of that knowledge, then you can actively act against that, you know, and try to correct that overcompensation, you know, where you're, um, where you just say face because you would never want to face the reality of who you really are, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I have, when I, I learned of that knowledge, you know, it kind of changed my perspective because I realized that a lot of my life I was saving face. You know, Mm -hmm. just to make myself look better or feel better. Uh, And that had to do with, you know, drug addiction, you know, bad relationships, all the things that, that, you know, take you, uh, bad jobs, bad bosses, you know, all the the negativity that you can and will eat in certain circumstances to a point to where, you grow through that. You know, mm-hmm. I have learned that through that growth, um, I have to be more forgiving of myself mostly right. because usually that's our biggest critic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the one who talks in our head. Right. And, and, and trying to teach and train myself as well as other people to reconnect to that inner speech one. And then also, about how we do talk to ourselves and in their inner speech, because as as that's the only way I see to overcome that, you know, to to be able to be honest and sincere, you know, and have that exchange with our kids 
and with people around me, you know, that accountability, I say that a lot, but it's like I've learned that accountability is freeing in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but it's also like as we go through the social turmoil that I see in our country and in this world, oh, Lord Jesus, you know, <laughs> please let us reconnect with, you know, with kindness, with mm-hmm. goodness, Facts. you know, with with self-control, you know, and, and all the good, you know, love, joy, you know, peace. All those things that, that are good fruits and stop trying to grab onto the low line. Also, you know? I think it's important to communicate desire to want to trust your kids mm-hmm. to yes. them. Yes. Right? I want to have a relationship with you. I want to trust you. I want us to heal from this. Right. Because because so many times in this world we're taught, oh, you screw me, you're done. You right. know, I, mm-hmm. I and and so many relationships out there are like that, right? They go through this with their friends at school or whatever. Um, in in life, is uh, she burned me? She's I'm I'm done with her, mm-hmm. or um, you know, uh, just all that kind of negativity and not bridges being built but burned. Right, and we we have to always have that bridge to them. Yeah. They're not going to learn how to build bridges and rebuild bridges if we don't do it with them right? and, and let them know we want that from them. We want yeah. to be able to trust them. It's in trust is that's an action. I mean, all these mm-hmm. things are actions right. to me, you know, you, you, you cultivate it, you grow it, you know, it's, and, and that takes time. And so you add water, you put it in good soil. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Love is not a noun. Yeah, it is love, an act. It's a yeah, verb. Love mm-hmm. is a verb. Yeah. So is trust. I think that, um, I recently heard this and I think that you two portray it very well, but when you start treating your children like they're people instead of children, right? So like, like I was saying earlier with parents doing whatever and speaking however to their children because they are theirs and kind of seen as you are my property almost, you know, Mm -hmm. rather than you are a human who has their own feelings, their own mind, their own way of seeing the world. So um, I guess my question is just how would you handle a situation if your child thought differently than you, like morally, ethically, like if your child thinks a different way, how do you let them, how do you still lead with love, but let them be their own person? I guess it was where I'm getting at. Well, I, I actually, I'm excited when our kids are, are bold enough to not just follow not only what we lead them, you know, mm-hmm. um, but what the world says, because it's hard, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard to, I think I've always been one who my biggest pet peeve is a closed mind. Mm-hmm. And so I pray and I struggle and I try all the time not to have a closed mind. Mm-hmm. I want them to challenge me with thoughts. I want them to um, make me question why I do the things I do. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, and and we've always been like for a long time, we didn't tell them what we you know, who we vote for or how we lean politically because 
we don't want to influence them that way. We want right. them to make their own decisions. It should be about the issues. It shouldn't be about a party or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we even when it comes to religion, yes, we follow and we live our life and we we are walking the walk <coughs> that we believe we should. Mm-hmm. Right. But we have not forced that on our children, and we've always told them that you are going to be the one who makes this choice of what you believe for your life. If you want to study Buddhism or Muslim or uh, it, anything outside of, you know, what we as Christians are are living and, and practicing for ourselves, we support you 100%. Right. And I want to learn more too, you know, but it it doesn't mean that we'll always change our mind. It doesn't mean that we'll always, you know... Um, be excited about the change, right. but but that we we want you to think for yourselves. We want you to make those decisions for yourself because when it boils down to it, especially like with faith, it's never real until it's real to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we and we were raised like in such a strict you know viewpoint that that we we wanted for our lives for it to be a a chosen path. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, a, now don't get me wrong. We, yes, we named our, our children, Hebrew <laughs> names. names. Like, say, yeah. Know. They're all biblical. But yeah. The, but the meaning goes with, you know, I mean, we could have easily went and named them, you know, Hispanic names because I love the Spanish language. But that being said, you know, we never tried to, we wanted God to be God. And mm-hmm. we'll raise them up in the in the way that we know, mm-hmm. you know, as it says, and then they will either choose that path, you know, or they'll find somewhere else that they have to question and and ask. And they'll that find creation. their truth. They'll right. find their truth <clears throat> because all of us have to come to that. It, and it's not going to mean anything if it's just us telling it. But right. it goes back, right? It goes back to that empowerment, right? Yeah. Not telling you what to believe, but telling you how to find belief and mm-hmm. find yeah. faith. Not telling you what's right and what's wrong, but yeah. helping them make good choices, right? And Better choices. Express our our testimony, you know, like our path, like what we've learned and experienced. You know, not try to make it any fluff piece, but here's the reality of. Of where I've went, you know, and and what well, I've done to myself, and what and what I've experienced that, that it's has just like me back. being here right. talking about parenting, right? Yeah. Um, I I'm not gonna tell any parents out there to parent the way we parent because right. our, our kids are different than. Because huh? I can't stand that when other parents. Uh, no. Other well, oh, and it happens parent. all the time, and mm-hmm. it's yeah. ugly. It's downright ugly. I've experienced it. I've seen it. I I pray to God I have not been a part of it, but. I, I know that I share my experiences. I share what's worked for us and what hasn't worked for us and the things that we've been through and the things that we've learned. But I don't expect people to follow that path if it's not meant for them. Because I don't, And I definitely am not telling them you have to do it this way right. or that way because every child is different. Every parent is different. We all bring different things to the table. And it's, it's a different story for every person. Right. We I think, first try to build re- relationship with anybody. Yeah. I mean, really, mm-hmm. like even meeting you guys for the first time, it's like this to to us is still, even though it's a podcast, it's still a relationship building. You know, for it's sure, of course, change of uh, of ideas and who we are and what we're about. Of know, course, so. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that just goes back to, you know, treating your children like people and the respect. And I think that sometimes it can be hard. And this is just what I've seen, what I've experienced. um, And then what I've seen from others is that sometimes it's hard for parents to let go. And what I mean by that is you have this image in your head of what your child is or who your child is. And then as soon as they do something outside of that picture that you have, it's a shock and Mm. you don't want to accept it. Right. And so it, it's it's hard for them to, to let go of, of, you know, the image that they thought that this child was. And, Go ahead, Corey. <laughs> it's yeah, it's why I'm not like a huge fan of like gender reveals and everything else. Because what I see when I watch a gender reveal is parents already pretty much creating an archetype of what that child is going to be. Right? Yes. Like for the rest yeah. of their life. Oh, I'm having yeah. a son. This man is going to be a He's going to be a football player. player. Yeah. Be, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I can't yeah. wait yeah. to be a, a a softball girl dad or whatever. Like, you've already created the archetype for this human being that hadn't even came out of the womb yet, right? Right. The, the boy right. the boy moms and yes. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's it's a dangerous thing. It it's really is. I I'm not going to say we're perfect, but I really do feel like we've let them grow into who they are and tried to always support whatever direction they were choosing. I don't think we came in with preconceived ideas. I will say this. I was scared shitless when I found out I was having a girl because I really wasn't a super girly girl. I never really, I mean, I'm not saying I was major tomboy, but I definitely like running around on the playground more than twirling on the monkey bars. You know, it was like, um, kind of thing when I was little and did, wasn't afraid to get dirty or stuff. And I kept thinking, I don't know how to do hair. I'm not going to be, you know, makeup. Well, she taught herself how to do makeup and mm-hmm. she's fantastic. And mm-hmm. she was just as comfortable rolling around in the mud as she was um, wearing dress, you know, changing dresses 14 times a day. Yes. <laughs> you know? what, is her, what is her style? Like, oh, right now she's, <laughs> I call it her like she grandpa. Her yeah, she's got her own. So now she's, her no, phase no. right now is like, grandpa chic i guess i don't know yeah, like so the baggy like, pants the baggy shirts like old hawaiian shirts my shirt yeah. yes like, yep. I mean, she's button up hawaiian. a lot of my shirts yeah it's just it, she, got, she got but, style <laughs> yeah well, that's a style, style. Call my it style, is style totally not anything <laughs> i would have ever thought or probably put on at that you know age yeah. but yeah. she and she can rock anything she's she's awesome like that but yeah. um y- you know I wouldn't have pictured my 18 year old daughter wearing a Hawaiian grandpa shirt, you know, like, (laughs) right. But, but I love it. I love that she feels confident when she puts that on and Mm -hmm. that she, you know, whether she goes bare face or she does the full glam look or whatever, she feels good and beautiful and confident about herself. Not every day because she's a teenage girl, but, (laughs) um, but we support whichever you know, and I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, you know, you know, from having a daughter as our firstborn, as a dad, that's what's been most important to me is to portray that her mom was, was equal mm-hmm. in our relationship. Um, she had as much stake as I did in any decision. Um, 
even more so sometimes because she gave birth to them, you know. Um, but, you know, she and our sons, you know, is trying to also... I believe that, you know, as we walk through this life and you're given this breath, mm-hmm. that, you know, it it is up to that individual you know we've watched we consider ourselves educated on the fact that we have open minds and 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 can talk about many diverse subjects you mm-hmm. know but but the core values that we stand for i believe is an innate in right in most humankind like you were talking about you know treating your children your children as another human being and like when we we discuss these things those types of conversations before we ever had children, you know, so I'm, I'm thankful to know that you guys, you know, just us having this conversation and I know that you guys will be already, you know, excellent parents because what it, what it means, you will be. I know, I'm emotional. (laughs) Thank you. And because, because as you have exchanges like this, you, 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 you gain perspective. No one's going to tell you how, but, but. I guarantee you, your abilities are already there because as yes. we have weathered this storm, so will you as long as you're If you want children, active. you don't have to have children. <laughs> yeah, uh, we definitely, we definitely do. Okay. <laughs> but maybe, maybe to hit your question from a little different angle, I'll say that I feel like I disappointed my father in that respect. Okay. Mm. Because there was definitely... I was kind of I was I was not this way when I was young. I wasn't I was shy and I wanted to be the wallflower like do not look at me. I don't want to stand out. Mm-hmm. Um in high school and all that. It wasn't until after high school that I came out of my shell, but um so and my whole social group was my youth group at church at that time. So my whole life was wrapped into a bunch of that and I I very much jumped into the whole um abstinence movement type of thing and and not that i don't think there's a place and a time for that but i think it was a very dangerous it it had very dangerous implications on that Mm -hmm. general on our generation um and so um when my when i went out into the world and and started making different choices then that little um christian girl good or you know that Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. was up preaching absence in front of the church was making uh i you know bartending <laughs> uh, right. i grew up right. baptist and i you right. know i wanted to go bartend uh, it was definitely not a an accepted uh now my mom supported me 100% mm-hmm. she she thought a little differently when it came to those things but uh it took my dad I still don't know if he's okay with it, <laughs> but, but because it did for sure in him break an image of who I mm-hmm. had, who I was for him. Right. And, um, and it's, it broke oh, the mold. It, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I'm, I, I'm fine with that because I was strong enough to, um, whether becoming who I am now right. and I wouldn't change any of that. Um, I wouldn't even change who I was in high school. I, it was I was there and I was that person for a reason. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of that was because there was an expectation, a certain, you know, you want to make your parents proud. You want to 
fit into that. You know, when when your dad goes to church every time the doors open, you want to go to church right. when the doors open. You know, kind of yeah. thing. And um, and so, and I'm not saying I did it all to please him, but mm-hmm. uh, it definitely, I think, shattered a little bit of that for him mm-hmm. when I started experiencing life in different ways than what he expected. For sure. I think that um, you really see it from a different perspective when you feel like you're the disappointment in the family, right? So like when you feel, and I feel like everybody probably feels that way at some point, but if there's just like this one glaring thing or um, a turning point that you really feel like, okay, this is when things changed or this is when my dad probably started looking at me differently. Um, It really opens up your mind to how things are going to be with your children. Right. And like you said, and I feel very similar to you. And I feel like when I become a parent, I want to be like you said, you know, proud of my child to push my the way that I think or my, my mindset, because even when we're grown, we still need to keep evolving and keep changing. Absolutely. And and I think, yes, we, 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 we've recently been saying that a lot that not only should we be learning from the generation above us, but we should be learning from the generation below us. Right. And, and you know, this is an active, this is like, for instance, I'll, Point out another podcast. We are avid podcast li- listeners, like Bertende, um I forget his last name. Anyway, he yeah. says how does how to citizen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's citizen as an action verb. You know, mm-hmm. so I think you know that's where um, that's where I think is it's key, right? Well, and we're learning it too with our parents because we're we're becoming yes. that that relationship has shifted now where. Uh, we're having to help take care of them in different respects mm-hmm. than we used to. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's such a it's such a dynamic thing when you're still raising teenagers and then you're turning around and having to take on a more caregiver role in some aspects with your mm-hmm. parents. And so, but we were trying to express to them, you can learn things from us. It's right. okay. Right. It's okay. It, there's nothing wrong. We're not taking away your respect, your authority mm-hmm. for you to listen to some of the things we actually know. <laughs> right. You know? And I think that, um, like you were saying, it's, it is about respect, but it's also about pride. Right. So I think that pride gets in the way of a lot of things. Um, and we don't want to change our mindset, especially like with the way our society and Western culture is with the authoritarian. I'm the parent. I don't need to learn from you because I taught you everything, you know, right. And so I think that (laughs) that, um, just changing that mindset, but also, like you said, it's, it's almost admirable for someone to, push their parents thinking right because it takes a lot to step out of what you were raised to be or step out of who you know your parents think you are right right and so i think just keeping an open mind and then not not being so prideful that you can't learn from the younger generation Absolutely. Or continue to learn from your parents, right? Like, 
even yes. as adults, like I said, we think we have it all figured out. We can still learn from our parents at this age, you know? And there's so much wisdom to be had. Mm-hmm. You know, our parents and even their parents, too, that, you know, they they survived this long for a reason. Right. <laughs> and I think to a degree, you know, because I also think that, you know, there's... There's those in the older generation where they get sidetracked, or even in the younger generation, we get there's so much distraction, mm-hmm. you know. Like if and there's so much propaganda, you know, like, right. like we're seeing nowadays, and it's very hard to, you know, we're making it hard harder for entry, you know, for voting and things like that. You know, I I strongly believe that, you know, we're gonna have we're gonna see a tipping point mm-hmm. where oh, yeah. where. You know where where they where I we I, we talk about this with with um, as as a church staff as as church members, you know how do how are we bridges more than we walk we're walls? You know mm-hmm. it's like and I I tell uh, everyone around me that I don't ever want to get to a point where I don't feel that I can grow, mm-hmm. um, and I don't feel that I'm not learning something new, because uh, old roads sometimes are not the most efficient roads or the best roads any longer. And you outgrow things, right? We outgrow clothes. We outgrow, um, at least I hope. You know, I, I find that, yeah. that that we get stuck in ruts. Mm-hmm. As humans, we, get, we don't like change. But sometimes you have to embrace that change is happening. Mm-hmm. Climate change is happening. You know, you have to embrace these things because there's too much science and statistics behind these things, you know, math behind it, you know, that you can't deny but, it. I mean, longer. we also, we just have to constantly question why are we doing the things yeah. that we're doing, right. right? It's like the Shirley Jackson short story, The Lottery. Um, we have traditions set in place that we do over and over and over because They've always been done. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is always the way. And then until it affects you, you don't question it. Right. But once it affects you, all of a sudden you question it. Well, we should be questioning it before it ever gets to right. being stoned in the and middle of the square. It. You know, right. like it just acknowledging uh, it. Yeah. Acknowledge that there might have or my aunt told me this wonderful um, little uh, story, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, where. A woman goes to make her grandmother's roast, right? And mm-hmm. uh, from the recipe, and she she buys the roast and she brings it home, and it says to cut off the the first quarter end of the roast and um, put it in the pan and all this. And so she uh, she calls her mom and says, "Mom, why why do you cut off this full quarter end of the roast? And what do you do with it?" And she's like, "Oh, I just throw it away." Um, that's what the recipe says. And she's like, okay. And she's like, she, but why? She calls her gra- <laughs> so she calls her grandmother and she's like, so grandma, why do you, you know, cut off the end of the roast? Um, because, or whatever. And the grandmother says, um, well, that's the way the recipe says. That's how my mother always did it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great grandma happens to be alive still. She calls her and she says, why do you do that? Well, it didn't fit in the pan if I didn't cut it off. (laughs) So all these years, these generations. Y'all have have been been, wasting this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because that first generation, it made it fit in the pan. You know, we have Mm -hmm. to, we have to constantly be saying, you know, why? And we're in a, such a different world now, you know, what worked for uh, uh, grabbing kids attention to teach them when we were kids 
doesn't always work now, right. you know, to grab. It, it worked in 2002, you yeah. know, in the movie. Oh, even, right. yeah. It's yeah. not necessarily working. Even though we still see some of these things that should have been gone a long time ago. In I love when he was but. youth minister at our other church, um, you know, just as volunteer basis. Um, yeah. He got this uh, app. That where they did polls, the kids could use their phones, yeah, and they could polls. they could do insta polls right then and there in the youth group to keep them engaged mm-hmm. because that's what kids are used to. Right. You know, you can you can fight them. Everybody, put your phone away. Give me your phone or all this, or you can incorporate it. And he was right. always so good at thinking about how do I engage them rather than right. you know make and them where feel are they at versus hey come over here right, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like, go to where they're at. No, that's a, I think, I feel like, again, I'm not a parent, but I feel like that is a key part of parenting is meeting your child where they are, not trying to force them to meet you where you are because you are so advanced, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. mm, so much wisdom from you too. Well, (laughs) well, but I'll say this is like, you know, we, we still have a lot to learn. Right. That's just it. It's like, I I still have a lot to learn. I still, I, I'm still got. I still have challenges that I'm overcoming. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, and that's that's just it. It's like as long as I feel that I'm in this cycle, and yeah, you grow weary, but that's why we go to the well of of friendship and and love and all those good things because that can fill you up to go out and do mm-hmm. these things. Because without that support structure, relationships, you know, conversing with you guys and understanding. You know, where you guys come from and, and what you guys are about and what the greater world is around us is about, you know, we're never going to be able to bridge these gaps. You know, if we're going to sit in our echo chambers, you know, and only listen to the people that are, that are of our own us. vine, then we're not, you know, we're not going to be what what I believe we should be. You know, we're not going to grow. It, right. it, mm-hmm. if, it, if I say a banner of Christian, right, I'm going to tell you that the difference that I see in other people's that may say the word is, is the same that, that is different between you and I. It's, it's just a difference. Right. Right. And, and unfortunately there are those who are ugly that have those same banners. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, in their hearts and their minds and, and, but I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, there's good and bad people on both sides. No. I don't agree with that sentiment. I think that there's there is clear lines where we should sit there and say, "Hey, this doesn't belong here." Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 however jarring that may be to an older generation, we need to look first at that system. You know, and like mm-hmm. and when we talk about the the changes that have happened through this pandemic, man, when it comes to trust. And, and re reforming, you know, a restoration, which I'm so about forgiveness and growing, right? Mm-hmm. That look, we got to face these things. You know, Dr. L- Martin Luther King Jr., you know, <laughs> I, it's so inspiring uh, to think that we're at another standpoint like that. Right. It's also disheartening right think we're that still we're here. at yeah similar, so we're back. almost right back mm-hmm. there you know and and i hope that if we can help to be more truthful and honest in our relationships with our kids that there's at least 
you know, three more people in this household that we'll throw out in that world and say, hey, you know, we're here to help you guys and try to try to have have the most impact that you want for this world because I my time is limited. Mm-hmm. You know, how can mm-hmm. I use my wisdom to to build you up, to get you shot like an arrow instead of just. Well, and to you know, just sitting in this a tree in this time, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in this time of division, because that's what uh, our social um media and society has driven us to pick a side, right? Mm -hmm. We have to be Republican or Democrat, or we have to be blue lives matters or black lives matters, or, you know, we have to be one or the other. We have to be LGBTQ friendly, or we have to be anti, you know, gay or Mm anti-abortion or pro-choice. I mean, we have to pick these sides when there's so much gray. And if we would actually just open up and have discussions and communicate with one another and build relationships, we could see that there's more to uh, more to this world than picking a group to hang, you know, to right, right to, yes. to hang our flag with because because we can't accomplish anything if right. we're not building those relationships. The way we build our relationships with our kids teaches them to build relationships with others to have conversations like we're having right now, mm-hmm. as opposed to saying. Oh well, they're just this way or they're that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the like the like the father and the son, right? You know, like instead of the father just like totally trashing his son, you know, and 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 not helping him. Oh, when he came to the job interview. Yeah, when he's going to the job interview. That yeah, that you know was that he's like son, such you know, like straight straighten his tie, you know, and like and knew that his chance had passed, and then you know you know you got this, you know, go knock him dead, you mm-hmm. know, so. It's like, and I, that's where, that's the realism that I do see in this movie too. It's like that that I that I appreciate that that can be translated right, mm-hmm. right. into our real world. Mm-hmm. It's like if there's anything within the story that, that, you know, going back to that reality, it's like it right. really it, the cinematography and how the director plays these things to me speaks to, you know, to that uniformity mm-hmm. throughout. Yeah, and I it think did good really good um that was a like a super powerful scene because he could have went mm-hmm. off on that right sure um you know that the to being overlooked you know all the, right 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 the age ageism you know like that that some bark about these days you know i mean there's mm-hmm. there's wisdom to be learned on both sides right i think there's 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 middle ground and i'm glad I think he conceded it, all, it. yeah yes. i think it all comes back to pride right like when you were talking about there's gray area well nobody wants to be wrong in the way that they think nobody wants to (laughs) say oh i voted for this person but now i see that this person really isn't all that i thought that they were gonna be Uh so i don't want to say that though so i'm still gonna push my own agenda you know and so even i'm sorry i interrupted go ahead katie i was just gonna say and that goes for everything like just parenting oh i made a mistake but i don't want to apologize because yes. i'm oh, too yeah. prideful yeah. to apologize to a child you know well yeah and so we saw it during the pandemic people took a side i'm gonna mask or i'm not gonna mask right <laughs> they're and, still doing it <laughs> oh yeah it's still happening right and and people who might actually be like oh maybe maybe it wouldn't be so bad to put a mask on when i'm in a big crowd of people are still going to be like, 
nope, I can't do it because there's people I've that are going to be there that I've said. What in if front somebody of, sees me? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, or they go get vaccinated secretly because mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know they they were they they stood out against it so harshly whereas you could say you know what now that i've learned some more information more information i've decided that you know this is right for me and i'm not forcing on you but i'm now changing my mind you know i yeah i won't go into specifics yeah that's that critical knife edge you know like Mm -hmm. i spoke of earlier it's Mm -hmm. like it's how you use your words like how you say that on a social media you know like like Corey was saying you know if you're very precise with that i mean I am when it comes to most of my speech, you know, sometimes I'm, I like impromptu like this, long form Mm -hmm. interviews, so you can ramble, but I also like that, that ability to like type something on Facebook, a whole response, right? Oh man, I'm lit up Uh and then go, you know what? I'm just going to delete that. Yep. I'm not going to send that and say any of that. You Ooh, know, so many times. This is not <laughs> so the many times. But this sometimes it feels good just to get it out, and then you're like, okay, I feel better, and I don't even have it to is. say it to them. <laughs> yes, yes, it is yes. therapeutic. Well, that's why it's nice to have a good support system at home. I'm sure you and Corey are that way for each other. Chris is my sounding board and my, um, my. Uh, let's see. He just takes it all. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, ver- I verbally vomit on him sometimes when I come home from work because, you know, just what emotionally I have to deal with sometimes. I, If I didn't have that, I'd go off. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go off on some people. I know I would. <laughs> she works Definitely. in a small, you know, small town in Texas, central Texas, you know, that's, that they're very, uh. There's yeah. just some, some. I'm picking up what you put yeah. down. <laughs> no, you're good. I, it's hard yeah. to stomach some things. Well, and know? the thing is, and I just, I just always try to treat other people the way I want to be treated and show them the respect that I would want to be shown. So, you know, they're going to say the things they believe and they feel, and I'm not going to take that away from them. I don't have to agree with it. Mm-hmm. I, um, Sometimes because I'm at work, I have to smile and bear it, but uh, when I wouldn't other places. But at the same time, you know, if they're hurting, I'm going to be there to listen. If mm-hmm. they're, you know, um, they've got a sick relative or something, I'm going to be praying for them the same way I would hope that they would treat me. Right. And that's where relationship changes people. I'm not ever going to be able to have a conversation about, um, you know, my faith with someone who doesn't want to step foot in a church if mm-hmm. I don't have a relationship with that person. I'm never going to be able to have a conversation about, abortion with someone who you know puts themselves on one end or another if they if we don't have a relationship Mm -hmm. you know or or any any subject that's controversial or or anything when when we could probably learn a lot from each other's experiences if we if we take the time to get to know each other first absolutely yeah and we're able to change your mind you know Mm -hmm. i think that's that's something that critical, you know, if we were, if we weren't, if we gave more grace and, and, and allowed, you know, some discussion. And have a know, little more humility. And, yeah, and, ha- and be more, hum- you know, have humility in our words and, and kindness in our words. And we would probably see a lot. A, yeah, a I lot love that outcomes. Corey said earlier, he checks himself like with his intention. You know, we really do have yeah, to true. check ourselves with our intention Often, I think, because, yeah, because our emotions and our experiences get caught up sometimes and just 
we react instead of, um, yes, instead of being, you know, thoughtful and intent on, or in, uh, intentional. intentional. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Intentional Sorry. on how and what we're saying. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure Katie could could tell you or could attest to the fact that like. That's the thing that you can say whatever you want to say to me, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm always looking at why did you say what you said? What was your intention? Mm-hmm. Um, and, <laughs> and he doesn't take. That, I'm just wondering as yeah, an answer. He's like, yeah, that's not, you're not why. I'm just wondering. You're not just wondering. Like you're never just wondering. <laughs> Why'd you ask that? Oh, I'm just well, wondering. No, you're not. And that's something. That's something that over the years I've always tried to teach the kids too. Is okay. Let's rehash what just happened with your friend. Why? Why do you think they? Why do you think they said that back to you? Mm-hmm. What could you have said better for next time? How could you approach it? You know, we've we've played out conversations after the fact or yeah. situations after the fact so that the next time they're in a situation, they can be more aware of, of the other person's feelings or better handle how they respond to someone. Mm-hmm. And And I think that's super important not only to do with our kids as we raise them, but ourselves um, and just all the people around us. For sure. Yeah. All right. So I had a last question uh, to wrap things up, but I think I'm going to pivot it and I'm going to ask this question. (laughs) Um, Based on everything that we've talked about, I can tell that um, the reason, or I would say just in general, the reason why we parent the way we parent a lot of times based off of you know what we learn socially but also sometimes what the lessons that we learn from our parents either because they did it or they didn't do it so mm-hmm. if you had to sum up in one word what was a lesson that your parents taught you whether they taught it to you be and you and you took it as being a parent uh, whether they taught it to you and that's the thing that the thing that they taught or you looked at your parents and said oh i'm never I'm not doing gonna that. do that i'm doing yeah. something else so if you had to sum it up in one word what would it be? Let's go around the room. I'm going to start with Chris first. Mm, this is a tough question. One word. One word. I can give you mine first if you want me oh, to go Oh, you first. go first. Go for yeah. it. Apology. Go, go Corey. Apology. Ah, that's my, that's my number one. Um, yes. That's a hard one, too. It's, so, it's a very so hard one. direction? Uh, which, so it, for most people, and most people know this, growing up in a, um, in a black community, like parents apologizing is not a thing. And I feel like a lot of times for me specifically, if my parents would have just po- apologized on one thing, it w- we would have been good. Like knowing when you messed up and just apologizing. So for me, uh, God willing, I'm able to be a, become a parent. Like that's one thing I'm going to drive home is it's my mistake. Let me apologize to my kids. They didn't do nothing. They didn't deserve what I just gave them. And they need to know that it's okay for you to own your mistakes. Mm. Absolutely. That's good. That's really good. So what's y'all's? <laughs> uh, I guess it'll go back to me because I, I passed it over to you, Corey. So uh, I, would, I would have to say um, the word would be, would be communication. Mm-hmm. And I was not communicated well with because both my parents worked so much. Right. And so, and, and they, and whether I was asleep or awake, you know, there was very limited time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but also there were things that were just taboo. You just yes. didn't talk about. And there, yeah, and that's another thing. There were things that that you you didn't talk about. Like for mm-hmm. instance, my alcoholic abusive grandfather. You know, never ask him if he's drunk. Right. You know, and and what did me? That's a hard headed, um, you know, bold person, but has learned to soften that side of me. You know, or uh, I asked my grandfather straight away, right? <laughs> you know, so so that didn't end well. You were the me. sharp corner um, on the table at that point, huh? I was. <laughs> that was and before I you got sanded down. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I've learned to be a sander, a sander as mm-hmm. well as, you know, to be sanded, you know. and But and because of that, we, we decided we, before we, we had communicated, kids that nothing's taboo. Yeah. Nothing's taboo in this there household. Was, it. Now, how you answer does age is appropriate, age right? Appropriate. And you learn real early to only answer the question asked, not to elaborate, yep. <laughs> right? But the honesty we spoke about before, yeah. you know, that that trust goes into you being honest with an answer, you know, and not try to sugarcoat, but age appropriately, context, give them context and understanding, mm-hmm. you know. So we always approached it from a very young age you know we talked like this when they were babies mm-hmm. we did we com- but communication back Always. to that i mean relationship that that unlocking that we yeah we've never dumbed it down for them we've never like <laughs> my son just did an assessment for school so he could play uil sports because we homeschool so um he mm-hmm. had to be assessed to show his grade uh, level and he he struck it out of the park in vocabulary and i thought for a second because he's dyslexic his his strong suit is not english and stuff yep. like that i thought wait what and then i thought well he's had us as parents all his life we've we've always talked to them mm-hmm. like like we talk to anyone else we've right. we never dumbed down words you may say a word and then say a smaller word to you know give it context or mm-hmm. kind more of meaning. be give yep. it more meaning yep. but we never stopped using big language just because they were young right yeah Yeah. so speaking of words what's your word speaking of words so (laughs) my word would be unconditional Hmm. um i truly believe my mom was the epitome and you can ask chris of unconditional love she Hmm. was uh she there was nothing i or anyone could do that would take away her love for me. Um, and I really, I take that into the relationship that I have with my husband and with my kids and my family and friends, uh, because we all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We all learn, we all live and none of us are perfect, Mm -hmm. but that shouldn't change how we love one another. Right. Okay. That's good. I love that. Katie, what about you? Um, I think my word would be growth. Um, and I've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, and most of the people listening know that I'm from a small town, northeast Texas. Um, graduating class was 62. Shout out, LK. Um, so very small. I had 16. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you get it. Teach you. He gets it. You get it. I do. Small town. My family has lived there for years. My dad went to the same high school that I did, had the same teachers that I had. So not a lot of change, right? But 
I think that I'm a first-generation college student, and so I was the the first one to go off to college and, um, like, actually leave. So I went to Tarleton, um, class of 16. (laughs) Um, So that was four hours away from home. So it was, you know, within a day's distance, but I didn't go home much because it's still a, a long drive. Far um, enough away. Right. <laughs> and then just getting the full college experience. And I feel like that was when I finally got to start making my own decisions and thinking for myself and not yes. what I was raised to believe or, and I still hold, you know, the, core values that my parents taught me and those have never changed and my morals and my like the way I see ethics none of that has changed but my mindset has changed about things so um being able to see things in a different light than small town Texas you know small town USA and I think that for a little bit, it was hard for my family to understand, but they have grown as well. And so I I think that it's important to put down your swords and put down your pride and continue to grow. So I think that I've grown. I think that I've helped my parents grow just like they helped me grow. Mm. I can remember my freshman year in college and same similar similar story, you know, three hours away and I was on the 11th floor, you know, and there were Koreans and there was a, a Jamaican from Jamaica, you know, and there there were Japanese and, and you know, of course, African-Americans and like we had one uh, one guy from Kenya, you know, so mm-hmm. so I coming from small town Meridian, which I. I mean, and I'll tell you, I've I was always had this avid learner side of me. Mm-hmm. I just embraced it, right? You know? So I would sit there and just ask questions and hang out, like, "Well, what's it like?" And then you find out there's just hardly ever any difference. It's like we all love to eat, right? So <laughs> you know, we go to the calf together. You know, we converse together. We break bread. We'd hang out and and laugh. You know, and then you find that most of those. Co- commonalities come out right mm-hmm. no matter where you are in the world like those similar things are that right it's, it's all that noise around us right that just that say we're gets so in different yeah <laughs> absolutely you know? well growth is absolutely. important and uh as i always perfectly segue we want to grow this podcast so if you <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> would uh like to support us do so you know financially uh you can help us grow by giving us some of your coin at Press Next Podcast on uh, Venmo and on Cash App. Um, make sure you follow us. We thank you all for listening and staying through this. We really appreciate our guests for coming and giving us perspective. Absolutely. So this please, might be my favorite this episode. Pat this yourself is super on the fun. back. Well, we, we, when we had, yeah, it was, thank you guys. I mean, because when we, when, when we were, Found, you know, found you guys or heard about it. We were like, "That sounds really cool." So, 
And y'all are really pleasure. easy to talk to. We well, we yes, love it's it. Been and, our um, pleasure. We always tell people if you come on the show one time, you're probably gonna come on again. So <laughs> yeah, we'll have to have you on again. This is <laughs> great conversation. Anytime. anytime. Probably yeah, our now that I know that we have the equipment and it works. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. We are talkers. Oh, <laughs> no, no, we are no. too, and I love it. And I feel like I could continue to talk for hours. I mean, y'all are easy to talk yep. to, and this conversation is just good so i think this is my favorite episode so far so mm, thank y'all mm, mm, mm. so we typically thank promote you. healthy habits but there's one thing that katie always says at the end that's that's not but we're gonna we're gonna rock with it what is that yes katie. so when you are watching netflix and you uh are done <laughs> with ladybird and it asks you still watching always press next always we'll see y'all next week